0: Welcome to Hollow Manor, I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we're here to talk about Charmed Season 1, Episode 19.
1: Out of Sight.
0: Which is a solid early entry.
1: Yeah, it's, it's okay.
0: I mean, this episode's got some uh, some real ableism in it, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, Phoebe isn't great in this episode. Uh, well, this episode was directed by Craig Zisk. Who we have not seen before, but he's going to go on and do a bunch more episodes. He's going to do actually the season two premiere, Witch Trial. Oh. And the writers of this episode were Tony Blake and Paul Jackson, who wrote From Fear to Eternity, the oh. Barbas episode. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Should we just jump into this?
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's. Uh, I I want to give this uh, episode credit. It moves some stuff forward.
1: Finally. I mean, dear God, Andy's been kept in the dark long enough.
0: Yeah, Andy's been sort of just stuck. He's been hamster wheeling it for like, what is it, 19 episodes now?
1: I have to feel a little bad for Andy, though, because the episode where he finally gets to learn that Prue is a witch and and keep that knowledge, unlike the truth is out there and it hurts, Mm. is the same episode where they come out to hold on. The reporter, Brent, and the two kids. So four other people. Andy is is as important as two children that we will never see again. Hmm. And also Phoebe's maybe love interest that we will also never see again.
0: Okay, so I do want to give the show some credit for not doing the easy amnesia thing. They've done kind of a lot in the past. Not necessarily just, you know, with Andy, which good. But with the other people, because remember that was the whole thing with, you know, Javna's victims after they, like, regained their youth. Oh, they don't remember anything that happened. And I feel like it's happened a few times since then.
1: I mean, it's a Buffy mainstay, right? Buffy's position was, oh, people don't want to believe in supernatural, so they won't. They just, they won't.
0: Okay, I appreciate that around season three, Buffy just kind of dropped that as a concept. Like, I feel like the only reason that was a thing in Buffy for as long as it was was because, you know, Joyce yeah but like then season three comes around and you get stuff like you know one of the bands of the bronze being like oh i hate playing in vampire towns (laughs) where it's just kind of an open secret
1: yeah it's funny when we get to angel everybody's just like yeah demons (laughs) sorry sorry did you not have demons in whatever square state you came from because we have demons here
0: yeah which i think is sort of the better way to play it although charmed runs off kind of a different thing because of
1: the cleaners
0: i was about to say the the sheer amount of people whose job it is to just brainwash people out of remembering stuff the cleaners the white lighters with their memory dust those demons who are supposed to kill people who find out about demons like there's a lot of layers of stuff working against yeah charmed
1: puts a lot of effort into people not finding out about the supernatural I mean, you kind of have to make a choice when you're doing an urban fantasy show, right? Like, either you're going to have a world where everybody finds out about the supernatural, like in True Blood, Hmm. or you're going to have a world like Buffy or Charmed, where you wonder why so many people are so invested in the mortals not finding out. Well, I think, I think,
0: again, Buffy drops that later. Yes,
1: of course. Early season Buffy, I should have said.
0: Yeah, but... Yeah, it, it's a weird running thing with Charmed, especially when we get into the
1: not great seasons. Yeah, well, not to harp on it too much, mm. but Wicca, as it is in the real world, exists in this show, so it, it I, it, I don't. It, it doesn't seem like it should be that weird to be like, yeah, there are lots of people walking around saying they're witches. I don't know why you're so surprised all of a sudden that they can actually do some... that they actually have powers. I... Not to... Not to quote Rick and Morty, but... Vampires exist. Who knew? Except for everyone forever. And the thing
0: is, I feel like some episodes of Charmed kind of... lean into that a little. Like, the for example, the Wendigo episode like andy the the fbi agent is that what she was yeah. she rolls into town she's like by the way wendigos are real and i'm hunting them and andy's like oh okay and everyone just sort of accepts that at face value and like the dream sorcerer episode where andy's like oh i bet that guy is using his dream machine to crush women's bones from inside their heads and daryl who's like the sculliest to ever scully is like
1: more scully than scully
0: yeah way more scully than scully he's like "Ah, okay sounds fair like i i don't get why so many people are invested in magic you know keeping magic under wraps when it doesn't really seem like people care when they find out about it except sometimes they do
1: well i mean i feel like the episode that we're going to get in the future where the girl's powers are actually revealed and it has serious negative consequences i think the show had to do that episode hmm. because otherwise you have assholes like us sitting here going <laughs> what's the big deal just tell people they literally had to do an episode that was like here's what the big deal is and
0: i mean i guess they did a couple there's the there's the uh, episode where they go to the future with the witch burning mm-hmm. which Honestly, I wish we had kind of followed more of the track onto that timeline.
1: I can. That timeline makes a lot of sense to me. Like, I see how that timeline could have happened, and I. Yes, I would have really liked to spend more time there.
0: Considering how often Charmed recycles its own plots, I really feel like they should have. Do-
1: Recycled the best episode?
0: Yeah, but like seeded more stuff into being like, oh, look. Things are happening to make this future more likely.
1: Yeah, well, no, Max. They didn't They didn't attack the guy whose dog was pooping. Therefore, that future is completely averted.
0: I mean, I guess the... I think season three finale, the one you're talking about, where they get, you know... Exposed. Yeah. I guess that is sort of, at least in concept, a little bit, a sequel to the, you know, future witch-burning episode. Mm-hmm. And it is one of the stronger episodes Charmed ever did, so...
1: Yeah, I think think what it comes down to, and weirdly enough, even though this episode doesn't talk about personal gain at all, I feel like our episodes have to talk about personal gain. Mm. Much like personal gain, if you want us to be invested in the rules of this universe, you have to show us the consequences of breaking the rules. Yeah. So that's why the best episodes are the ones that show us the consequences in this show.
0: Again, I want to clarify early on, not the thing where paige uses magic to clear up one of her co-workers skin and then her breasts inflate
1: well but that's bad i what i mean is that's nonsensical that's not narratively satisfying that doesn't make me go okay i'm invested in personal gain that makes me go what no 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 (laughs) what horny man wrote this episode (laughs)
0: uh so, that's all stuff we're going to deal with later. Right now we're talking about Out of Sight. Yes. So, this is, the girls have friends.
1: I, I, my very first note on this episode is, it's weird that these girls have a mom friend.
0: Yeah, this comes up a few times in Charmed. We saw it a little bit with Prue's Surprise Party. And, I mean, it, it it's a TV convention, right?
1: Right, 24-Hour Party People Yeah, is like, the name of that convention
0: i want to give friends some credit here because you know this is something that they indulged with a lot in friends where suddenly they all have all of these friends that we never see them interacting with who show up for parties and stuff
1: yeah like you have a party and the party is full even though you literally have never seen the girls talk to anyone who's not one of them
0: but there's a late season of friends where Uh, phoebe and rachel throw monica a party and they don't know what to do so they call everyone in her address book and it turns out it's all people she stopped talking to years ago for various reasons
1: and it's also like weird random people like her dental hygienist and stuff
0: Yeah. yeah but like Charmed will keep this going for a while wait until we get to their funeral i know that's so many seasons away but so, the Charmed Ones have a mom friend, and they're helping out the mom friend at their ki- at her kid's birthday?
1: Yeah, it's her kid's birthday party. I-, I like that. See, this makes sense, right? Like, Piper is presumably helped set it up and, like, brought them food and stuff. The mom even mentions that she wouldn't have been able to have, like, this nice spread without Piper helping out, and... I guess Prue and Phoebe are pitching in as well. The thing that throws me is not just that they have a friend we haven't seen, because, okay, fine, we don't see every hour of their lives. Hmm. But these girls seem too self-absorbed to have a mom friend, especially a single mom friend who I assume needs a lot of support. I feel like they would have just quietly dropped her from their lives.
0: Oh, yeah. Not that I'm super judging. I mean, it is kind of part of life where if you have i'm given to understand we haven't been able to do stuff since having our baby because of, you know the pandemic
1: yeah i mean <laughs> we haven't been allowed to leave the house we, we wouldn't have been allowed to leave the house whether we had a baby or not but I, i'm sure
0: some of our friends were quietly in the process of dropping us oh
1: gender.
0: also i mean honestly dropping friends is kind of a part of being an adult
1: you just you reach a point in your life where you're in different places yeah and, and, and it's not like you're dropping friends it's just like
0: well i mean it's part of adult life where you don't have as much free time and you stop seeing friends as much and your social circle kind of shrinks not because you're you know on purpose dropping anyone but because you have other obligations and
1: yeah no adult life gets really busy i i I think of that uh, Tumblr post that gets memed around a bunch. The uh, Nobody talks about Jesus' is real miracle, which is having 12 close friends in his 30s.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or, like, the... I mean, if you haven't seen Happy Endings, you should because it's great. Parts of it haven't aged super well because it's a comedy. They're but it's a...
1: aged better than a lot of comedies that came out at that time, I feel like.
0: Yeah. It's aged better than How I Met Your Mother. Oh, my God. It's definitely age better than Friends, which it is kind Friends of Friends is older though. Friends is older and it is kind of like what if Friends was slightly more diverse? <laughs> like it's Friends except, you know, one of the characters is gay and one of the characters is black and you know. Like it's slightly more diverse, but it's a fun show and there's a there's just like a few jokes that stop me from being able to wholeheartedly recommend it cuz it is a show I love, but Yeah. But like in the first episode the the whole thing behind happy endings is uh it, it starts out at the wedding of two of the friends in this friend group and one of them leaves the other the one of them leaves the other one at the altar and it's all about them trying to hold the friend group together after that because as uh, as one of them says how do you even make friends as an adult do you just go up to someone on the street and go boop de boop boop sports <laughs>
1: yes yes making friends as an adult is hard
0: yeah i mean there's a reason why you kind of your social circle kind of stops expanding after a certain point i mean i feel lucky that my social circle expanded just a little bit after i moved but Mm -hmm. for the most part i feel like you know you kind of stop making friends outside of work and or people you know from college
1: well okay so most of my friends here in town I met through events and parties that I went to with the one person I knew in town when I moved here who was a high school friend. Yeah. See, middle, middle school friend. I say high school friend because that feels right, but we met when he was in sixth grade and I was in seventh grade, so middle school friend.
0: Yeah, and everyone I know in Portland, I know... Through that same friend.
1: <laughs> Which is how we met each other.
0: Which is how we met, although I met that friend because of internet stuff, so that's... Uh...
1: that. So the way you make friends is you become a creator on the internet, and then you befriend other creators, is yeah. what you're telling me.
0: I, I guess, yeah. All right. I don't want to get into if internet friends are real friends or not. Internet
1: friends are 100% real friends. Hmm. I mean...
0: I feel like it's a different kind of friendship. I
1: don't...
0: So basically, internet friends are kind of real friends, and we should probably start talking about charm again. Internet
1: friends are one hundred percent real friends.
0: I just think is it's my a dif- position. I just think it's a different form of friendship. It's really context specific. Like I can all s-
1: friendships are context specific.
0: Yeah, like I consider our mutual friend who introduced us. I consider him a real life friend because even though we met on the internet, we interact, you hung out in real life. Yeah. And I think that's different than people I might interact with more, but just through the lens of the internet. Okay. Charmed.
1: Interestingly enough, the sisters are not talking to anyone other than each other. Yeah,
0: they're at the... Yes, they're they're pulling a move. I have also pulled at parties where you just talk to the three people you know.
1: Yeah. They're talking, by the way, about something super inappropriate for a children's party, so it's fine that they're just with each other. Which is whether or not Piper and Josh, remember Josh? Whether or not Piper and the guy she's been seeing are going to have the sex talk. And, um, I'm sorry if I'm wrong here, but is that a thing? Is that a thing that, like, couples do? Do you, like, sit down and discuss, like, do you have, like, a sex talk? That seems weird to me.
0: Yeah, I... I also don't think that's a thing I've ever experienced where you map out sex. I don't know. Maybe it's because we're from a different generation than these women.
1: We are. I. It's like it's our third date. I guess it's time to sit down and talk about whether or not we're going to have sex at any point in the near future. It's like it's I feel not a situation I've ever been in.
0: Yeah. I feel like sex is something like you figure out whether or not it's going to happen over the course of a date like yeah i mean it's not like the sort of thing i think of as requiring planning outside of maybe your first time i mean
1: maybe like some logistical discussions you know immediately proceeding yeah but like sitting down and being like so where do you think this is going and by that i mean is it going into the bedroom
0: where do you see yourself in five years is it in my vagina
1: like wh- i don't know it's just weird to me i no it's like you said it seems like you you go on the date and then like the date progresses and then you decide in the course of the date is this going to end
0: with in sex yeah
1: i i don't know anyway
0: so the this talk about whether or not piper is going to have sex with proto neighbor dan is interrupted by the mom and then the kid who i would like to point out is blonde yep
1: I have it in my notes Yep. yep the mother D is a redhead but David is blonde Yep. bad
0: choice David
1: <laughs> oh so Prue gets a call from Claire 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 still exists yeah she has to go into work because apparently there's an emergency appraisal
0: <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> not to go back to friends but oh no there's an emergency at the museum is the emergency that a dinosaur died millions of years ago? <laughs> like, right? I, I, I just, I don't see there being a, I don't see there being an appraisal emergency. I guess it could happen. The real point of this is to get Prue away from the adults at the party and over to David, who is being abducted by a bald man in a cloak.
1: A, uh, a... A pale bald man in a cloak. Yeah, it's a very uh Uncle Fester look.
0: Yes, I do appreciate that they are still this. This is a demon, and they are still doing the thing where demons look physically different from regular people. Yeah, he's. Uh, it's here's it, the
1: thing about this demon though.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He doesn't look that different. He's he's got like white white skin, you know, and,
0: and like yellow eyes.
1: And yellow eyes, and actually. When we zoom in on his eyes, we see that they have this kind of, like, whirly, like, the cartoon, hypnotized eyes. hmm And when Prue describes him to the police, she says she described him as a man with whirling eyes. And honestly, I don't feel like she's close enough to him to have noticed the whirling eyes.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay, I, I appreciate that they're still trying to make demons look different from regular people, even if... This guy is not on the same level as, say, the warlocks from last episode. It would have made more sense if they were demons, but or, you know, Javna. 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 Or uh the demon bridesmaids. Yes. Like like the demons don't look human at this point still, although we can see them kind of sliding into, okay, they're just people.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, my issue here is that I feel like Prue had to go out of her way to sound unreasonable when she talked to the police. Yeah,
0: because you could just say, really, really pale, bald guy. And you'd get the general... I said he was wearing a cloak. He's wearing a long black... He's
1: wearing a trench coat. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He's wearing a long black coat over black shirt and black pants. Yes. So, at first I thought it was one thing, but it's actually three items of clothing that all kind of blend into each other. (laughs) So, this man is grabbing David and booking it. They were throwing the party in a park, which I, I guess is a good venue for a, a kids' yeah. party.
1: Yeah, parties and parks. See, it's a thing.
0: When, well when I was of that age, it was also during the boom of, you know, like fun zones. So
1: Ah uh, yeah, like Discovery Zone and like
0: Yeah. And
1: of course the the classic Chuck E. Cheese.
0: Although never at Chuck E. Cheese.
1: That doesn't it's... surprise me.
0: We had, like, a local, there was Screaming Mimis or something.
1: I've never heard of that one.
0: I'm, I think it was a local branch. They, there were a ton of these. And
1: uh, Okay, the thing is, Screaming Mimis evokes, it, it, it mentally, for me, evokes exactly what those places are like on the inside. Hmm. And I can't imagine a parent being like, Yes! Sign me up for that! There was one,
0: like, in the middle of downtown that was like, I want to say Curious George's, but I think that's just because it had a monkey mascot. Mm. But it was a pretty cool place. I I remember it being like a good version of that thing.
1: Um, In my hometown, our really cool one was called Pirate's Cove. It's still there, isn't it? Is Pirate's Cove still there?
0: I thought it was. Isn't it like a mini golf place and it also does other stuff? Yeah,
1: so it's like a Chuck E. Cheese in that there's like pizza and arcade games and then there's mini golf outside. Mm. And... um. No, Pirates Cove is cool. I had my uh I had my 19th birthday party at Pirates Cove.
0: My point here being the big advantage that these sort of play zones for kids have is that it's harder for for uh demons to run up and just grab your kids as they can in a park.
1: Although to be fair, stranger danger is not an actual
0: Yeah, but I mean demons also aren't real, so <laughs>
1: fair enough fair enough okay so anyway this demon
0: this demon has grabbed david and is running off with him prue having broken away from the party you know to deal with this emergency
1: the appraising uh, emergency the
0: appraising emergency sees this going on and she's like no stop and she flings out her hands and this is the first time we see prue channel her power through her hands I don't think she ever channels it through her eyes again after this.
1: Okay, so the charmed Wikia mm-hmm. says, although there is no citation for this, okay. That zooming in on her eyes and then on the effect of her doing the thing was too was getting too expensive. So they decided that she would channel her power through her through her hands now. Uh, I guess I could see it. I, I'm not sure how much I buy that i don't but anyway that is that was the uh that's the information that is on the charmed wikia
0: it's just it's kind of weird because they had that thing with the you know guy with the sword a few episodes ago where he tries to you know
1: right they specifically called out that she doesn't channel her power through her hands so if they were going to start having her channel her power through her hands they had to mention it at least they couldn't just have her start doing it
0: So she uses her power to stop them. She thrusts her hands out and pulls both David and the uh, guy into the air, pulling them apart.
1: Yeah, they're hovering in the air and like, they look like Peter Pan, the harnesses that they're in.
0: Such bad green screen. (laughs) It is, I think, possibly some of the worst green screen we've seen, not counting the Grams telekinetically throwing the girls out of the house in the past
1: terrible green screen but it is
0: it's not as bad as that but it's on that level but she's not the only one in this clearing
1: okay so there's a guy watching her from behind a bush a guy who will later learn is eric loman reporter at large and what why is he skulking around a park what's he doing there
0: so, Prue is so surprised by the fact that she just channeled her power through her hands that she immediately drops David and the demon. And the demon just was like, that was weird. Scoops up David and keeps running. Yeah, he
1: grabs David and books it. And she runs after him. And listen, listen.
0: Maybe try using your powers again, Prue.
1: Oh, I was going to say, the outfit she's in is not made for running.
0: Oh, yeah. this It is...
1: looks so uncomfortable watching her try to run in a tube top and leather jacket and clunky heels.
0: This outfit is aggressively not conducive to running. But so the so the demon opens a little ground portal and just kinda hops into it and proves like Huh.
1: So here's the thing, we don't see the demons do that again. I mean I guess we don't see them do a lot of things, but I feel like they're opening the portal to underground. Power was just made for this one scene to get them out of the way, to give him a way to escape. Because we don't see them doing anything similar to that.
0: Honestly, I feel like he probably could have outrun Prue, you know.
1: (laughs) With the clunky heels and the tube top and the leather jacket? Yeah, not made for running.
0: There's a later episode where they talk about, hey, maybe we should start wearing sneakers for when demons attack and then it just never comes up again. Yeah. But yes, David has been kidnapped and a man has seen Prue using her powers. Oh
1: no! (gasps) Oh no! then we go to credits
0: and then we go to credits
1: hey max um Mm -hmm. can you help me out with something yes what what city does this tv show take place in
0: i'm pretty sure that it takes place in oakland
1: okay is it possible
0: did you time it out again 42
1: seconds of establishing shots of san francisco
0: pretty bad but not the worst we've ever had no
1: actually this one's pretty short that's why I'm so confused about what city we're in. We've only had 42 seconds of establishing shots of San Francisco. <laughs>
0: Dear Lord. So... Yeah. I,
1: I mean, other shows we do s- this too. I don't know why I'm so mean to this show. I just... just...
0: It, I think one of the reasons it bothers me is because these are a lot of the same shots. Which, I mean, I get, I guess. But it just, it feels like kind of an extension of the opening credits because it's just it's shots especially now that we're watching charmed more serialized Uh uh-huh these are all shots they've used before they're not even new shots of yeah they're the same shots
1: over and over i i think one of the reasons it bugs me might be because there's nothing san francisco about this show except that you keep showing me the golden gate bridge over and over again.
0: And later it'll be a place where characters meet for some reason. Oh,
1: well that's that's a thing we'll talk about when we get to that. But yeah, I think it might just be like This is this show could this show could literally take place anywhere except look, it's a streetcar. <laughs> You've seen streetcars, right?
0: So meanwhile, you know, After we establish that this is indeed San Francisco, we cut to the police talking to David's mom, who is very, very upset, logically.
1: Yes. And uh, Phoebe and Prue are talking about what happened. and
0: It turns out an inspector told Phoebe that he's not the first kid who was taken, that another kid was abducted, you know.
1: A couple of days ago.
0: A couple of days ago. And, you know, also in this park.
1: Yeah, so uh, another kid was abducted recently from this park, but also 20 years ago, two kids were kidnapped from this park.
0: I mean, I guess if they were researching the park because of the the first kid who went missing this round, it would come up.
1: Yeah, okay, you know what? I was going to criticize it, but that makes perfect sense to me.
0: Although, I mean, in San Francisco, I'm assuming not a small number of people go missing around here.
1: I don't know. I do want to say that... Uh, when Prue tells Phoebe about how her powers have increased and now she can channel them through her hands. Phoebe's response is, oh good, because you were getting crow's feet from all that squinting.
0: Jeez, Phoebe. So, yeah, is pretty bummed out. She's like, yeah, I telekinetically separated them and, you know, I had ample opportunity to, to stop the demon from grabbing the kid again. But I didn't, maybe I should feel bad about that. And Phoebe's like, Pfft. Do you know how many people we're going to fail to save in the future?
1: Seriously. Okay, so there's also this weird subplot with Piper that doesn't really get off the ground. Mm-hmm. But she's really frustrated that she can't tell D, David's mother, that she's a witch. Because she wants to tell D, hey, it's okay, I'm a witch, we're going to save your kid. And, like, make her feel better. I feel like they wanted to expand that further and do more with Piper.
0: Well, I mean, they, they'd they kind of have to because this feels like sort of a running thing at this point that Piper's subplots are really separate from the main action of the episode.
1: Well, what's weird is Piper does actually have a subplot in this episode. It's the whole thing with Josh and are they going to have sex or not? But they also have this thing with D David's mother, except that we're not going to see D again. We're just Piper's going to bring it up a couple of times. I would really rather them focus on...
0: Piper dealing with Dee and not her stupid thing about whether she's gonna date or have sex with not neighbor Dan.
1: Yeah especially because the theme of this episode is exposure right. The theme of this episode is Prue being found out by the reporter by Andy and It would have worked so well if she's trying so hard to hide this. And at the same time, Piper is agonized about not being able to come out to D, And also, the demons steal the children's eyesight. So the whole theme of being seen or not seen. This episode, a couple more drafts in this episode could have really been something. Yeah,
0: I I didn't realize how well this episode ties together thematically, but yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyway. Prue realizes, because her phone is ringing, that she forgot about the emergency appraisal. And honestly, if there's ever a good excuse for not showing up to work, I feel like it's my friend's son was kidnapped from his birthday party that I was at. I got a little distracted. I don't know.
0: Remember, Claire didn't accept, hey, the gas man attacked my sister as an excuse to not have a dinner party at their house. The gas man attacked my sister and in no way fixed the gas leak I thought we were having. Which I feel like is a really good excuse to not have a dinner party at your house.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Huh. Anyway, Phoebe takes the phone away from her and is like, hangs it up so that she doesn't talk to Claire and is like, Oh, cell phones. You're always just out of range.
0: Well, speaking of the 90s. Right. But...
1: After we see Prue get in the car and drive off, we see the reporter watching her again, Eric Loman. And he hmm,
0: must be a friend of theirs.
1: <laughs> right. He's he's stretching to give cover for why he's just standing there staring at her. So I, I see now that he's in a tracksuit, so I guess he was running in the park, so
0: It was weird that he jumped out of the bushes.
1: I guess he... I mean, I
0: guess he might have just been around the bushes and then he maybe he ducked behind them when he saw her using her powers
1: on the one hand i'm trying to give this guy the benefit of the doubt on the other hand i hate him so much he's so detestable and he like he's the kind of character that makes my skin crawl but on the other other hand of course he's written that way with like no redeeming features so that we don't feel bad when he's totally killed at the end of the episode
0: spoilers
1: yeah and I, I, I almost don't want to give in to hating him so much because the show wants me to, but that's ridiculous.
0: Yeah. So David is straight up not having a good time, y'all.
1: Yeah, he's down in the sewers with the, with the demons that kidnapped him.
0: And, you know, he's all, help, let me go. They toss him into a cage with another kid.
1: Yeah. And uh, they do something to him, and we see that his eyes go all white and the demon's eyes which were all whirly before go all black so they've taken some sort of power from him Mm. and when he is blinded he starts calling out for his mom which i don't want to mock because he's a child of course that's what you would do but also you you know she's not there you know where you are you know you just got kidnapped i mean come on kid pull it together get your shit together kid who's just been attacked by demons Come on, eight-year-old child who's just been attacked by demons! Get with it!
0: Well, you know what he should do? He should start yelling, Fire! Because, you know, the thing about, you know, don't yell for help, because people probably won't come if they think you're in, you know, if they think you're being attacked, but they will come if they think there's, like...
1: A fire? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't know how true that is. That feels sort of like it's going off the bystander effect being a thing, which we know the bystander effect isn't really a thing, so...
1: If I was a child, I would simply not get kidnapped by demons.
0: Fair. (laughs) You have made it to adulthood without being uh, kidnapped by demons, so clearly you know what's going on.
1: Yeah. At the manor, Piper and Phoebe are in the kitchen. Phoebe is researching the disappeared kids from, from 20 years ago.
0: On a laptop.
1: Yes, yes.
0: And I, I do, I do enjoy it when they're doing when they do research that's not based in the Book of Shadows. I mean, it does feel kind of silly because you know, it's the Book of Shadows. It's probably the place you should be. Going. I mean, it does
1: have all the answers, and Graham's ghost will turn it to the right page for you.
0: Yeah, but it's nice that they're trying to do things on their own.
1: Yes, Piper is going around the kitchen and just pulling out lots and lots of food, and Phoebe is like, "Ugh." You're just going to get fat if you eat all that food. It's not going to save the boys. Which. What is up with Phoebe in this episode?
0: Yeah, she's been taking her jerk-ass pills.
1: And Piper's like, I'm making a care package for D." And thus ends the I wish I could help D" plot. We will not talk about it again. Eh,
0: That's fine. She's got some food.
1: Anyway, then.
0: Phoebe points out that the last time this happened, one of the kids was never seen again but the other kid showed up blind
1: yeah yeah and piper says oh no we can't tell d that her child might be blind
0: i mean i think she'd prefer to have a blind child than you know a child that disappeared forever piper
1: i mean it felt really ableist to me to be like oh no this is the worst thing not the kidnapped part like i feel like oh one of the kids from 20 years ago came back that gives us some hope is the way to follow up that news not yeah, oh like no you... blind how terrible
0: yeah you have a Going off the previous incident, you have a 50-50 chance of getting your kid back. Although, I, I don't know, maybe just don't say anything because...
1: Well, I mean, she's, I don't
0: feel... I don't know how comforting that statement would be. Well,
1: that part wouldn't be comforting. But, I mean, I feel like you... I, I mean, I wouldn't call her up right now and be like, Hey, this happened 20 years ago and one of the kids didn't die. <laughs> no, you're right. That's not the comforting thing that you want it to be. But it gives you a jumping off point to be like, Oh, let's go talk to Brent and find out... Brent is the kid who lived. Yes. Let's go talk to Brent and find out what happened. And then we can save these kids. Which, which is what Phoebe's gonna do. But... That should be your takeaway from this news.
0: Not, oh no, blindness.
1: Yeah, I, oh, I hate it. I hate it. I, uh, uh. Also, this is really dark. hmm But we know that the demons, like, what we're going to find out when they actually find the demons in the Book of Shadows is that they take the kids' eyesights and it gives them the power to see auras for 24 hours. hmm and the fact that they don't say this, but the fact that Brent lived and the other kid died tells me that when they were done using the site, they just let the kids go, and one of them figured out how to get back to the surface, and one of them didn't. Yeah. Is that too dark? Because I feel like that's the the implication is, right?
0: I mean, they don't get go into it, but the fact that I mean, the fact that Brent survived and made it back does kind of indicate, because they don't really talk about it like he escaped. They talk about it like, you know, he found his way back, so.
1: I mean, I don't know if it's darker to assume the kid died in the sewers than was killed by demons,
0: I mean, being killed by demons at least would probably be fast, right? I mean, we just see them, spoiler alert for reporter guy, but they just snap his neck. Yeah. It's not starving to death in the sewers or drowning in the sewers or being eaten by rats. I don't know. Okay,
1: don't think about it anymore. Let's go to Buckland's.
0: All right, so Prue is at work uh, when Andy shows up. No,
1: nope, uh, that's the reporter. Oh. Eric Lohman.
0: Sorry. So Prue is at work, you know, I guess dealing with the auction emergency. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when Eric Lohman, reporter guy, shows up.
1: Okay, so I have to bring this up mm-hmm. because he just throws it out there real quickly where he works. But he works at an alternative weekly paper. Mm. So those papers that are like in stacks for free outside of like trendy businesses. That's what he writes for. And I mean, no shade to like The Stranger, which gave us Dan Savage and uh,
0: The Mercury. Do you pay for the Mercury?
1: No, it's another free, yeah. yeah. Or, or or the Mercury, which is the one that we have here in Portland, which is a great paper and great people write for it, but it's, it's a free weekly paper. I just want to throw out where he works, okay? He doesn't work for, like, the San Francisco Chronicle.
0: Yes. This is relatively small potatoes, even in the 90s, the heyday of the written word. Well, Well, he... the printed page. Yes. Papers.
1: Yes. He tells Prue that he's going to write this article exposing her since he saw her doing magic. What would that article even look like? Yeah, I really
0: don't get why Prue is sweating this guy. Especially, also, I don't know why magic is the thing he jumped to. I mean, it would definitely be on the table, but like, you could be telekinetic. It's not, I mean, I know she is, but... Well, I mean, telekinesis
1: is... I, I mean, I think he's lumping all of those things in together. I think he's lumping telekinesis in with magic.
0: Yeah, like, he's like, I saw you levitate two people with your hands clearly your magic. But like...
1: Well, no, I mean, t- telekinesis is magic, for, for purposes of this conversation. He threatens to expose her, and he says, Does your boss subscribe to my paper? Dude, no one subscribes to your paper! They pick it up for free at the co-op after they get groceries!
0: Also, like if Claire didn't care about any of the stuff that happened in the, uh, woogie episode, I'm sure she's not going to care if Prue's. you know, if there's an article about Prue where, you know, also, I don't get what this guy's goal is exactly because, Oh, here's a person who can do weird mind stuff. I better fuck with them you're like, oh yeah
1: i well i have that in my notes later when she throws a knife at his car i'm <laughs> like maybe don't piss off the person who can throw things around like that like i mean although to be fair all he saw her do was fail to save david so but what's your best
0: case scenario here like oh he's got me i guess i shouldn't use my powers to stop him in any way Like, for all he knows, she could just telekinetically give his steering wheel a yank next time he's driving and send him flying off the pier. She definitely could.
1: Okay, so I'm just imagining, I'm sorry I'm still harping on this, but I'm just imagining the article he's going to write, okay? So he's envisioning, like, front page.
0: Magic is real. This lady's a witch.
1: I was at the park and I saw this lady levitate two people exclusive like what what
0: you know you could just write anything then right like you don't have any corroborating evidence you don't have any other witnesses you didn't take a picture of it or anything
1: well i mean that's what i was gonna bring up too like even if he had corroborating evidence is his editor gonna let him run that but this is this is the 90s they still have editors god that's not a slam at modern newspapers by the way that's a slam at the internet but, yeah, I,
0: I don't understand why we're supposed to be taking this guy seriously as an antagonist.
1: I mean, he is an antagonist in that he antagonizes. He reaches over to try to get, he, he's trying to prompt Prue to use her powers, and he just, like, pushes this crystal bowl off her desk. Dude, this is an auction house. That bowl is probably worth tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah.
0: Oh my god, yeah! Uh, but, yeah, he tries to get her, you know, to trick her into using her powers by shoving the bowl off her desk. And he's like, ah. Oh. She, and she just lets it fall, and he's like, oh, you've got a lot of self-control.
1: Okay, so then she picks up the phone to call security, and he hangs it up on her. This guy is, I do not like his boundary crossing.
0: Mm. So... He talks about how, you know, as soon as the police find the kid that's gone missing, he's going to have all the corroborating evidence for his article he needs. Oh, yeah. A traumatized <laughs> child. Jackpot, dude. I, what? And he, he's like, look, you can either work with me and I can make you sound like Wonder Woman, or I can make every person on the city turn on you and think you're a monster. And it's like
1: what what yeah really also you're in san francisco i doubt i doubt people even if you told everyone the full truth about prue would like turn on her
0: yeah like in the dark alternate future where phoebe gets burned at the stake it's because she snaps the neck of a professional baseball player
1: In the dark alternate future, people turn on witches because the Charmed Ones are using their powers to do some straight-up evil shit.
0: Well, I mean, the reason Phoebe did it was because, uh, like, it was revenge because he killed a friend of hers and uh, they didn't prosecute him because he was famous.
1: My memory of Morality Bites is that Phoebe's actually the least evil of them and that the other two have, like, just become... Yeah. Yeah.
0: But, like... There is a big public inciting incident that got you know people to turn on witches. Yeah, like it was a thing. You, you can't mess with professional sports people unless I'm not okay I can't get into a I can't we can't start talking about Colin Kirkpatrick, but <sighs> generally speaking, if you do something with a public sports figure, it will go poorly for you. Yes. So, Phoebe is going to talk to the survivor of the last abduction incident. Brent Miller. Brent Miller, who you might recognize as Raphael Sabarge, a.k.a. Dr. Mother Love and Hopper from Once Upon a Time. Yep. Jimmy and F- Cricket. Which, oh. Which, oh my god, how does he look so much better in Once Upon a Time than he does in this show that takes place, like, a decade before
1: yeah i don't know what is going on i think he might be a little too thin maybe uh,
0: I, like i i, I, I don't want to say this because it's mean but
1: he, he also has a dirtbag goatee
0: i was gonna say he's got a real nostalgia critic vibe to him
1: he's got a dirtbag goatee yeah it's yeah.
0: it's not a good aesthetic
1: I also, I think he was probably trying to be, like, really trim because he's he trying to be an actor. Hmm. And he is an actor, but so I think he's trying to, like, maintain, like, this really trim fit look. Hmm. And I think when he naturally fills out a little bit, he just looks better.
0: Yeah. It's a reverse David Boreanaz situation. Or alternatively, it's a reverse Leo situation. Where they were both very, very pretty men for about 15 seconds. And then they thickened unpleasantly, unlike some actors who thicken quite pleasantly. for uh, I know we've talked about this before, but, uh, you know, it, it happens.
1: So Phoebe is, like, so shocked that...
0: Also, it seems weird that he has a goatee.
1: What, because that's a kind of facial hair that requires a lot of grooming?
0: A lot of very specific shaving... And it's like, I mean, why? Why not just go clean shaven or grow an
1: actual beard? Maybe he can like, the the point is of this scene, well, one of the points of this scene is that he's rich now. He does, he does adaptive software for the blind, which I don't feel like he would get rich off of
0: yeah but that's,
1: no. okay. that's okay he's rich uh, but maybe he pays for like a hot lather shave every morning mm, point that's the thing that rich people do right
0: yeah i assume it's one of those things where i suppose it might feel nice I, I can't i can't imagine it being a fun thing but it does seem to be the sort of thing a lot of people enjoy I don't like getting massaged either, so maybe it's just a I don't like strangers touching me thing. Oh,
1: if you don't like getting massaged, I can't imagine you would want people messing with your face. I was actually about to say, I assume it would be relaxing like a massage.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I've had a couple because I thought maybe I just had a bad one the first time, but it's I don't know. I don't feel relaxed at any point during it. I'm like, just please stop touching me.
1: I could see how that would be a problem for you getting a massage. Yeah.
0: I probably have a lot of tension because of that. But uh, anyway, Phoebe is like, "Oh my God, you're blind," which she she already knew. What?
1: T- to be fair, her shock is that he has such a nice place and that he.
0: That's not better.
1: No, 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 no. She he, the the to be fair part is he calls her out on it, and she's like, "No, no, that's not it at all." To be fair, she knows it's a bad reaction.
0: Yes. Because he's like, what, you think just because I'm blind and had childhood trauma, I couldn't be successful on my own? And she's like, no, no, but, like, seriously, did your parents come from money, or...
1: She wants to talk to him about his childhood trauma, and he's like, nope!
0: Also, no, please, please get out of my house, lady. And she's like, but I'm 90s Alyssa Milano.
1: She does tell him that two other boys have been kidnapped, and he's like, oh, okay, okay. I guess that I'll...
0: I guess I'll help you. And she's like, I know not a lot of people believed your story, but I super believe your story. So come on, tell me your story again. And he's like, fine, I guess I won't have my
1: housekeeper
0: assistant lady escort you I think you she's out. like
1: his personal assistant. He's rich, so he probably has a personal assistant.
0: Yeah, she leads away his seeing eye dog, which... Really? Why wouldn't the seeing eye dog just stay in the room?
1: Well, the seeing eye dog was barking at phoebe because she could tell that brent was getting agitated with her Mm. um and presumably he doesn't need one in his own house where he knows where everything is laid out
0: i mean i think it's later just because the director i think later it's bad directing but he does seem to have some difficulty getting around his house later in the episode
1: uh well i mean that is bad directing he would know where things are yeah yeah
0: so anyway phoebe's like look i know
1: Speaking of bad directing, maybe the director just didn't want to deal with the dog in the room while he was filming these shots.
0: Point. Then don't introduce the dog in the first place. We get that he's blind.
1: Well, no, I mean, I think that's part of what irritates me about this episode. It's like, you can't understand a blind guy unless he has a seeing eye dog at his side in his own home where he probably wouldn't have the dog on duty.
0: Hmm. So... Phoebe convinces him she's like look I know that you got a bunch of people saying that you were just traumatized by being kidnapped but I know that some actual magical stuff was going on so tell me your story and maybe I can help you out because whatever happened to you is happening to two new kids and I'm something that can stop it from happening you can tell just tell me you're a witch he you knows demons are real
1: right I mean she's like I've seen monsters too it's like the it-
0: so he tells the story you know he was a kid he got grabbed by these weird pale bald dudes they waved their hands in his face and sucked away his eyesight uh he escaped later
1: and he remembers them saying something about auras
0: yes he remembers them saying something about auras after phoebe says the question which i mean i guess he had an answer to it so it's fair but she's like why do you think they took your eyesight oh, why would he know that i mean i guess he has He's like they said something about auras so i guess there was good information there but i i mean i guess it panned out but it seems like a real weird question
1: yeah I, I, they're monsters phoebe they do monstrous <laughs> things
0: why do any demons do anything Right. So they're crebbing pretty hard from it at this point. This
1: is... Po- oh, yeah.
0: I mean, this is post... Uh,
1: Miniseries, yeah.
0: Yeah. So the... God, they have names, but it aren't. Grimlocks. The Grimlocks. <laughs> the, 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 the dinosaur transformer.
1: It is a dinosaur transformer.
0: <laughs> so the Grimlocks are like, rawr, we're going to eat cars, or I, I don't know what they... Uh, so I mean, they... that, that that would make sense, right? If if you if you're fighting robots that can turn into cars, you want like a Truckosaurus-esque thing to fight them, right? Sure. I don't know what the deal with Grimlock is.
1: He's the leader of the dinosaur Decepticons. He is? I don't know, that's what I came up when I googled.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, that makes sense if you're trying to fight robots that turn into cars, you go to the cars natural enemy, the Truckosaurus. I'm sorry. I just, I was listening to a podcast recently where they were talking about one of the Harry Potter movies, the the, uh oh, Grindelwald's doing stuff. Uh huh. That one. And they were talking about it it was the guys who were running the podcast were very clearly not super familiar with Harry Potter. And they were talking about, you know, oh, I thought there were muggles and, you know, the old movies, but they call them No Madges here. Maybe muggle is like, slur and nomad is the word you're supposed to use and i'm like do a minimum of research because they go off on this like five minute tangent about like oh which is supposed to be the right word and i'm like do five minutes worth of research That's like
1: five seconds worth of googling are are you saying that's us right now with grimlocks because we're refusing to google what their deal is
0: what his deal i'm pretty sure it's one dude
1: well but the dinosaur
0: yeah like, I'm sure that if any of our audience are at all familiar with Transformers, they're so angry. And for that, I apologize. All I know about Grimlock is that he is a dinosaur Transformer. And I guess he's a Decepticon, so... That's what
1: I found when I Googled, yeah.
0: I guess he's a bad dinosaur Transformer, so...
1: That's my understanding of how Decepticons are, yeah.
0: I wonder why. Like, they, they chose cars so they could blend in with society, right? Mm-hmm. But I know they can also turn into other stuff because, like, one of them turns into, like, one of the evil ones turns into, like, a radio.
1: boombox. A
0: boombox. And the main bad one turns into a gun, which doesn't seem handy because, like, it, 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 like, is it, like, is like, a regular gun? <laughs> couldn't couldn't Optimus Prime just run over it because he's a truck?
1: Okay, you're thinking of this wrong because you're not thinking from the perspective of you start from the toy and you work out.
0: Yes, that, that That is a good point.
1: So anyway, these demons are coming up the storm drain at a Philharmonic charity concert because they want to suck the aura out of a good person. So they decided a charity event is the place to find a good person to suck their aura out.
0: Fair. And it works. They see a glowing man and they're like...
1: Yep. We see his golden aura around him, and then we see the Grimlocks, like, sucking out the aura, and then he chokes and dies from his aura being sucked out. And
0: You you keep the aura kind of around the larynx.
1: Yeah, yeah. So when you pull it out, it, like, it pulls tight around the larynx like a tie. And, okay, what if the Grimlocks go, is such a drama llama when he goes back underground. He
0: He does have, like, Beyonce drop to get back out.
1: He, he looks like somebody flopping backwards into a pool to go back into the storm drain. And no, it,
0: no, it's like a dance move because, like, he tosses his head back and then his body just sort of follows him as he, you know, drops.
1: It's especially weird because the other Grimlock just slips down. Like, the, if, the, if they both did that motion, it would be like, okay, I guess that's just how Grimlocks move. But the other one's like, no, nah, I'm just taking the ladder, dude.
0: It's very something you would see in RuPaul's Drag Race. You know, like, as a finishing move for, you know, the thing where they have to lip sync or get kicked off the show. Lip sync for your life? Yeah. Yeah. God, I can't believe that show's been on for as long as it has been. I mean, I guess it's got a solid enough premise. Yeah. Meanwhile, back at the manor. Okay. uh, Piper is flipping through the Book of Shadows to, you know, see what's up. She finds Grimlocks under a section about auras, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Like, you'd think they'd be under the demon section. But they were I'm, not. Yeah, I I think this is part of of the show where the book is still sort of segmented.
1: Well, I mean, remember that... The...
0: Al- although, I guess it wouldn't logically be segmented. It would be split up just by the Hallowell's, the Warren line writing in it.
1: Yeah, you know. it would be split up by whatever had happened to the various Warren women. Okay, yeah,
0: I guess it makes sense that whoever... Found out about auras might have done it through Grimlocks.
1: Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Okay. So they, the Grimlocks, are defeated by a potion made of shashandra root. Hmm. Also, the Charmed Wikia points out this is the first time a demon is defeated with a potion as opposed to a spell, oh. which is not something that occurred to me, but yes, it is.
0: Yeah. Spells have required ingredients before this point, but this is the first place where we see. A potion being like a necessary part of a vanquish which is like a standby of the show later
1: yeah so okay prue comes in and here's the thing for me in this episode once we reach the plot line with eric Loman harassing prue about exposing her she seriously stops caring about these kidnapped kids Like, Piper and Phoebe are trying to explain to her what they discovered and what's going on. And she's like, yeah, but this guy is watching us. She seems really uninvested in the kidnapped kids. It's,
0: you're right. And it's, it's, you know what? It's not great. Be a little more invested, Prue. There are missing children.
1: So, Piper asks Prue to find Shashandra Root.
0: Piper also mentions, she's like, I really wish we could tell D about what I found out here, which is sort of the last... It's sort of the last gasp of this very, very small subplot. Everyone's kind of establishing their subplots. Phoebe's like, maybe I can get more information from... Brent. Brent. Uh, proves like, I have to deal with this reporter instead of helping with the Grimlocks, the way more pressing situation. And Piper's like, and I guess... I have to deal with boy
1: problems? Well, okay, so she's going to go see if Josh has a map of the storm system, the storm sewers.
0: Which does make sense because he's a local historian.
1: Yeah, specifically about architecture. I was like, oh, hey, the show remembered what someone does for once. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay, Piper is a main character in this show, and what she does at the restaurant has never been consistent. But you remember what fucking Josh does for a living? Oh, I mean kind of he was a graduate student.
1: But... Yeah, but to an architecture professor.
0: Hmm.
1: So they task Prue with getting the Shashandra root. Mm-hmm. And I never heard of that so I actually did google that to see. I was like where would she even find that? And it is is,
0: is, is it a real thing?
1: Yeah, and it's it's actually um it's an herb used in uh, Chinese herbal medicine, so. Oh. And they are in San Francisco. So
0: which as we pointed out, you know, earlier does have a pretty thriving chinese community
1: yeah so she could probably get that pretty easily
0: i don't know whether or not i want them to go to that well more often no
1: i mean i would love for them to have a sense of place i would love for this show to have a a richer history and 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 all of that but um Uh, i do not trust them to go to that well no 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 yeah see
0: the thing is it's like the mark episode handled it you know the john show episode handled you know look uh, there are other cultures that have their own forms of magic that work differently from the magic the sisters do and it did a pretty good job being like look this is a legitimate kind of magic and it exists in its own sphere which was nice and it's a cool concept and you're right I don't trust the show if the show was better written if the show is more consistently well written Mm -hmm. because that episode did a good job with that if they kept that as a like running thing where the sisters did have to deal with different forms of magic and maybe we could i don't know meet some chinese witches and then they could
1: i would also really want them to have chinese writers on staff to do something like that i wouldn't want i don't want i don't want i don't want want to see brad kern's take on chinatown
0: definitely but we don't want it to be the effing dragon from once upon a time Ugh. or Any of the Romani stuff we get later in this show. (laughs) I'm sorry. So, Prue's going to get the root and deal with the reporter. Piper's going to see... Everyone's going to help in a way that also directly deals with their own subplots that are not related to the Grimlocks. Yes. Or minutely related to the Grimlocks.
1: So, at the police station... Oh, my... Daryl is telling Andy that their next case is this guy who got strangled outside the Philharmonic. But guess what? That Andy's going to totally abandon that case.
0: Yes. So, I do appreciate the fact that they're not working on the missing boy. like Not yet. They've remembered that they're homicide detectives.
1: For now. For
0: now. But <laughs> it is kind of cool because I feel like this sort of thing gets bumped to Andy a lot because it's a guy who got strangled to death very publicly with lots of witnesses except nobody saw who strangled him it's like andy is
1: the fox molder of the san francisco police department
0: and daryl's like this sounds like the sort of stuff you should be dealing with and not me bye god i love daryl so much
1: so eric loman shows up and is like hey i want to talk to you about prue hallowell because she's totally a witch right
0: yeah he's like i want to talk to you about prue Hallowell and her magical powers and you know andy was kind of walking away from him and he stops and he's like yeah that stopped you cold i've been looking at your uh, case files and i know you know you have this this super intense history with prue and she's connected to all of these murders and other things like feather stealing
1: <laughs> i can't express to you how much i hate this reporter guy he's like what's the deal with Prue? and andy's like there's no deal with Prue and loman says that's what she said too did you two coordinate your stories <laughs> i mean
0: <laughs> okay this is kind of probably bad but i kind of want to read other articles this guy wrote because it seems like his whole approach to reporting is just finding random people and then yelling at them <laughs>
1: Oh man, I just, I'm imagining the story now that's like, this woman has too many cats!
0: (laughs) What's she really hiding? My garbage man looked at me funny, a 12 point expose! (laughs) I mean, honestly, I can see this newspaper keeping this guy employed just as kind of a letters from a crank esque column. He's like, He's like Dave Barry if he wasn't trying to be funny on purpose.
1: Oh my god, that would be amazing if Prue was so worried about being exposed by this guy and he was just, like, writing this conspiracy (laughs) corner back page column. Anyway, he yells at Andy for a while.
0: Because he's like, I know that you know that she has magical powers and I know that you're covering it up and I'm going to tell all of my readers about it and they're going to have you, like, police disbarred. Like, I'm gonna start talking about the cover-up because my newspaper's definitely going to run an article about how the San Francisco Police Department is covering up the fact that witches exist. <laughs> oh my God. What what is this guy? <laughs> and the thing is, and you Against all odds, doesn't know that Prue's a witch at this point.
1: That, that is, that's too much, honestly. It's too much. Um, the reporter guy tells Andy what he saw at the park, and he's like, man, I wish I had my camera. I just wanted to bring that up because it's the 90s. If it was today, he would have had his camera.
0: Yes, it's true. It's true. We're, spoiler, spoiler alert for, uh...
1: For our, for our segments, for, for our time freeze segment.
0: Yeah. There's a little premonition of time-freeze for you.
1: Ooh. So Daryl comes back and Andy's like, yeah, I can't work on this murder anymore. I have to work on this kidnapping because apparently my ex-girlfriend's at the center of it. And in this police department, I work on all of my ex-girlfriend's cases instead of being taken off of them.
0: And, and Daryl's like, I'm so tired. <laughs> and it's, it's season one and I'm so tired.
1: Oh, so at Josh's office, yeah, Piper.
0: Piper is uh, dealing with this very bland slice of beefcake.
1: He—that's exactly what he is. Yeah. So she's got these blueprints from him of the storm system in San Francisco, and she says she needs it because she's throwing a rave in the storm trains
0: she's throwing a rave for a friend of hers who has a robo rooter company roto
1: rooter
0: roto it's like a theme it's a theme party for a guy who works in plumbing
1: <laughs> you know i didn't realize how ridiculous this episode was until we started saying things out loud
0: <laughs> but josh is like ah, yeah okay whatever look
1: Josh is like, you're obviously lying, but I have more important things to talk to you about.
0: So I got a job offer in a different part of California, and I'm going to take it unless you've decided you want to have sex
1: with me. No, no, okay. This is is legit. He's like, look, if we have a future and we're going to, like, stay together and maybe get married in five years, then I will stay with you, but if we don't have a future i should take off and she's like that's not fair and he's like i know but it's where we are and, she, and i appreciate that yeah
0: i mean i it's a weirdly mature thing to do on the heels of the incredibly mature way piper absorbed you know leo breaking up with her although this is weird because i think they've gone on maybe three dates
1: well but that's the thing they have gone on three dates and he's like yeah it's he, it's
0: really early, but I have this deep connection with you.
1: Yeah, and, and it's early. It could be more, but it also could not be. And now, I, just because of circumstances, I have to make this decision.
0: I don't know. I feel like he's putting a lot of pressure on a very, very new thing.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, but that's not his fault. It's just, it's where he is. And I he's being very upfront with her.
0: And for the second time in their very, very brief relationship... The second
1: time that we've seen...
0: yes. Piper freezes him so she can
1: monologue about what she wants to do to us.
0: Yes. She's basically just explaining the situation to the audience where she's like, look, we haven't been together that long, but I think we're a good couple based on nothing.
1: Okay. Well, this annoys me because she froze him so she could have this conversation with us, the audience, so we would know what she was thinking. But she should have just said this out loud to him.
0: Yeah. There's, there's no reason for her not to bring up these points to him.
1: Literally everything she said is what she should have said to him. Instead, like the mature person she is, she takes out her cell phone and calls his office phone so that he would be like, oh, hold on, let me get the phone, so that she could grab the blueprints and literally run away.
0: I like how she froze him, walked across the room, and then called him so his phone would ring. And when he unfreezes, he's not like, hey, why are you suddenly like... In a completely different part of the room than you literally just were and also are holding your cell phone?
1: Well, I mean, the phone rang and that distracted him, so he probably didn't notice.
0: I don't know. Like, he was talking and looking directly at her. It would make more sense if he wasn't looking directly at her before she froze him. He should really think that she teleported across the room.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But he picks up the phone, and then he turns around, and she's gone.
1: Back at Brent's apartment, Phoebe is uh, interrogating him more. I mean, he already told you everything he knows. Yeah,
0: you're really not getting new information, and she...
1: The only new information we're getting is how much Brent wants to bang Phoebe.
0: Yeah. Like, he's like, hey, I can tell from your voice that you're 90s Alyssa Milano, and I really want to get all up in that, and I'm super rich. And I'm going to get more attractive later. So, like... Yeah. Honestly. Jump on this now. Yeah, seriously. Like, I'm rich, and I'm going to be more attractive later, which is normally not what happens. So, you might want to lock this down. And Phoebe's like, I'm going to try to let you down. Jo- oh, my God, premonition. Blah, 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 blah.
1: Except it's a past premonition.
0: Past monition.
1: Yes. Phoebe has a...
0: Postmonition.
1: Phoebe has a post of Brent running away through the storm sewers.
0: And Brent, unlike literally every other person she has a premonition around who isn't one of her sisters is like are you okay you seem to it seems like we were having a conversation and then you flipped out for a little bit there (laughs) and she's like oh I uh I, I I got a brain idea that maybe you were you know by a generator or something and he's like huh you know now that I think about it I feel like I did hear a generator.
1: A generator and cable cars. Yes. So I have to retract what I said earlier. Apparently the show absolutely takes place in San Francisco because he heard cable cars.
0: 45 seconds justified.
1: Yes. So Phoebe's like, do you have a map of the city in your house? And then she's like, oh no, that's so stupid. You're blind. Why would you have a map?
0: And he's like, no, I, I, I have a map.
1: I mean, honestly... Maybe it's the '90s. Maybe before we all had smartphones, we had more maps. Cause I'm like, why would you have a map of a city in your house?
0: No, I I, I think th- I I genuinely think that that used to be a thing. I remember having maps as a kid.
1: I guess I did. I guess before smartphones were a thing, I I kept a road atlas in my car. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah but uh, no, I I remember there being like maps in my house as a kid. I don't know if that was a just my house specific thing though.
1: Yeah, okay, you know, I said that out loud, but now I'm thinking about it. Yeah, we had maps in our house. Yeah, okay, so he goes and he pulls out the map, and he's like, okay, look, here is where the cable cars are, this is about where I was, and look, here's a power plant, so this must be the place. And it's clearly a Braille map. Like, I'm watching this on a screen, and I can see it's a Braille map. And Phoebe's like, how can you read that? It's Braille, Phoebe. Jesus Christ.
0: It's not an uncommon thing.
1: I, like, come on, Phoebe.
0: Phoebe's like, I have to go deal with this. And he's like, and uh, Brent's like.
1: Brent's like, okay, but Phoebe, you're a really good person. And so you probably have a really tasty aura. So be careful around the Grimlocks so that they don't eat your aura.
0: Yeah, he, he he's like, hey, look, if, if they're going after good people, you seem like a good person. You know, the way you keep on being condescending towards me and my abilities when I've clearly done quite well for myself.
1: Yeah, right?
0: But I can tell that you're a good person because I can hear how hot you are. And all hot people are good.
1: Well, I mean... So we cut to the underground, and I I love this because David, the little kid, is talking to, you know, the other kid who's been kidnapped, and he's like, Don't worry. My mom's friend is a witch. She will totally come fuck these guys up for us.
0: I mean... Honest to God, good for David. David is handling this situation like a champ.
1: I know I was mocking him earlier, but yeah, exactly.
0: He's like, look, I know it seems bad, but my mom's friend literally picked me up with magic. It's going to be fine.
1: So then we go to Buckland's. Speaking of his mom's friend and how on top of everything she is, we go to Buckland's and... Piper calls Prue and is like, have you gotten the Shashandra route yet? And Prue's like, I've been really busy at work, Piper. I haven't gotten around to it yet.
0: Speaking of things to come.
1: Like, there, This
0: takes priority, Prue. God. God. Missing children take priority over Auction House.
1: Anyway, then Andy shows up and is like, hey, um, a reporter came by the station and told me what I already know, that you're hella suspicious. Do you want to talk about it?
0: I do like how Prue's like, I thought we had this kind of, like, thing where we agreed to not talk about the weird stuff I'm into. And Andy's like, yeah, I know normally that's our thing, but this guy's threatening to expose your weird stuff, and maybe I can help you if you tell me what it is. Also,
1: this time we're talking about kidnapped children. Yeah. I I like Prue's answer. Prue says I'm not I'm never sure if it's better for you to know or not to know. Like, she's just outright with him. Yeah, I'm keeping things from you, but I don't know if I if I should stop keeping them from you.
0: Honestly, they should have had this conversation for well. I mean, honestly, she like should have like ten episodes just, ago. Yeah, she should have just told him he was a witch. Honestly, but like this is a conversation you you should have had a lot earlier, and. I feel like a lot of the things we don't like about Andy, like how wooden he is, is because they haven't let him progress at all.
1: I mean, he has to pretend not to know things that he sees every day. It's got to be hard.
0: I feel like that's why the actor hasn't been invested, and this is why Andy's more engaged in this episode than we generally see him being.
1: Uh, That's a good point.
0: Also, his hair seems less gelled than normal.
1: (laughs) That is also true. So, we go to a power plant where... Phoebe has found an entrance to the underground next to the power plant. And she's like, ah, this is where the kids are. But I am the one who doesn't have an offensive power. So I'm just going to go back home and get my sisters and bring them back here.
0: Fair. Although her kicking people seems to have been pretty effective as of recent.
1: Right? So back at the manor, Prue pulls up and she finally has that route that they need.
0: About time, Prue. But, you know, blah, blah, blah. She doesn't have enough... but she doesn't have time to be concerned about you know the root and making the potion to stop the demons Loman might have told andy about
1: being a witch yeah yeah so this is all this conversation is happening on the front porch and then the sisters see a baby carriage fly out into the road and almost get hit by a truck
0: Piper freezes time, they go to save the baby, and...
1: There's no baby in the carriage.
0: I do like how Prue's like, wait a second, when did the Johnsons get a baby? Which, they obviously didn't, there's nothing in the carriage. Well, I mean, she... I guess, theoretically, they could have just had a carriage that they accidentally let go and it rolled into traffic.
1: But... Right, yeah. So, they see that Loman is standing, like, in their hedge, like, on the driveway, peering through their hedge, to videotape them, presumably to videotape them saving the baby and so the sisters get back in place because everything is time frozen and
0: okay i want to point out okay he doesn't know about piper's time freezing power
1: right he thought that he was going to catch prue telekinetically saving the baby
0: yeah but he's pointing the camera at prue
1: oh so he would have just gotten a shot of her waving her arms
0: yeah this
1: guy's this guy's so bad at his job but that's not what i want to talk about I want to talk about, they get back into position, they unfreeze time, and then they, like, casually walk back into the house. Which means, from (laughs) his point of view, what happened was, oh my god, someone's gonna hit that baby! Alright, let's go inside. Yeah. Yeah. At the very least, they should have, like, run down there and been like, hey, there's no baby here!
0: Yeah. Oh, Because, you know, Piper has her arms flung out. But then they're just like, oh, well. Oh, well.
1: Shrug. It's just a baby.
0: I also want to point out that the person, the uh, the car misses the baby carriage, but the person doesn't stop and get out.
1: Yeah, the person in the truck is completely unconcerned that they maybe just hit a baby carriage or almost hit a baby carriage. So Loman looks at the tape he made and he sees that... Piper's purse is over one shoulder, and then it jumps to the other shoulder. And he's like, gotcha!
0: But the thing is, the thing is, it just looks like a bad jump cut.
1: Yes, it just looks like a sloppy edit.
0: Like, this is literally proof of nothing.
1: You have nothing! Like, what? Yeah, he's got nothing. And then we go to commercial, and when we come back from commercial, it's later at the manor, and Phoebe is showing up.
0: So Loman is, oh my god, they made this guy the douchiest person on the planet. He watches Phoebe run up the uh, steps to the manor, and he puts a single finger on his lips.
1: Yeah, he's, like, thinking deep thoughts about 90s Alyssa Milano. So. Honestly, though, I, like. Like I said earlier, they had to make him as juicy as possible so that we would be pleased when this human is killed by a demon in this episode.
0: This this is a running thing later in the show, too. I mean, I guess guess this isn't technically the first time we've seen it. Because, like, Tony Zhao saw them use their powers a lot in, uh, in the episode with... Dead Man Dating? Yeah, in Dead Man Dating. And then, I mean... They didn't let him die. They Like, he he got shot by the police a lot, which I guess they could have stopped from having.
1: They could have. They let him die.
0: But, like, I mean, it was really on him for being like, hmm, I'm surrounded by cops. I better start firing my gun randomly into the air.
1: I mean, this episode was much more... They they let him die a lot more than they let Loman die. Loman really is, like...
0: Hoisted by his own petard.
1: Like, he... Puts himself in that situation, and they do everything to keep him out of that situation, and then he dies.
0: I guess they weren't really in in. I guess they weren't really under any obligation to save Tony either, because like they could have saved him by like freezing him before the bullets got him and moving him out of the way. Uh-huh. But like, if you run at the cops while firing a gun, it's not gonna go well for you. Also, he did kidnap and try to murder them, and he did actually murder John Cho. So. <laughs>
1: So, Loman, like, bursts into the girl's house. He, like, knocks on the door, and then when Prue opens the door, he, like, bursts in.
0: He he pushes past her into the house. I
1: do not like this. I'm so creeped out. And he's like, you want to attack me? Attack me, and then I'll just have proof.
0: Well, he's like, I already have proof, but if you attack me, then I'll have more proof. I got... You f- I got you freezing time on video. And Piper's like, won't that just look like a bad jump cut? And he's like, no, this totally proves it. And I'm going to print this video clip in my newspaper.
1: He's like, I'm going to sit outside and stake out your house. Have fun losing all your privacy, even though you're just, as far as I could tell, three girls trying to live your lives.
0: Three girls with connections to the police.
1: Yeah, three girls who have a police cover-up associated with you
0: three girls who have a police cover-up, and a long history of dudes messing with them randomly disappearing.
1: Man, he deserves to die. So, Pru goes outside because she is going to distract him so the other two can get to the uh, sewers. Yeah. So, she goes up and she's like, Okay, dude, I will give you a tell-all. And the sisters go out the back door and take off in the car. And he's like... Oh, damn you, Prue.
0: And he's like, y- you you, can't stop me, though. I'm just going to follow them in my car. And then she telekinetically throws a trowel into uh, his car tire.
1: Oh, it's a trowel. I was trying to figure out what was sitting outside in a garden bed. Okay, yeah, it's a trowel.
0: And he's like, you did that using your magic. I- I'm going to bust you even more now. And she's like, mm-hmm.
1: She goes, prove it. And also... Not the right response to the woman with magical powers that you are antagonizing, dude. Like he doesn't know that they're not allowed to use their powers for personal gain?
0: Yeah. Like
1: he doesn't know that they're good people?
0: This is this is just poking a dragon in the eye over and over and over again. And
1: uh, here's the thing. What's your end game? Like, when you think about investigative reporters, because I really do think good investigative reporters are so important for a society. Yeah. But you think about what it is that you're uncovering. Like, you're uncovering political corruption or, you know, instances of people abusing their powers. What, what harm are these girls doing that you think that you're exposing, that you think you're bringing light to? Yeah.
0: I mean... What do you think? I mean, obviously he just wants to do this so he can be the guy who busted magic. Like I I'm, I'm assuming this isn't an altruism thing just because of everything about him, but rather
1: I mean, he says yeah that he just wants to get his story yeah, multiple times. Yeah, he just times.
0: he just wants to be famous. Why are you be, like why are you being so antagonistic towards them then? Why aren't you pushing the hey, magic is definitely going to get out if I saw you, then other people will see you. You really need me to put a good spin on this. He mentions that once, and then he just goes to town antagonizing them.
1: So, you know what this really had me thinking about a lot? Is this old movie called Ace in the Hole. Have mm. you ever heard of this movie? No. Okay. Um, it's about a, a guy who gets stuck in a mine in, in like a an accident, like a mine collapse accident.
0: Is his name Ace?
1: No. Um, but there's a reporter who is communicating with him who's covering the story, and it becomes this huge story because people like care about that. Like it becomes this thing that everybody's rallying around, this this miner who's trapped in the mine. And the reporter starts manipulating things to keep him trapped longer because the story is becoming so big. Hmm. And that I was just getting a real ace in the whole feel off of Eric Lohman, especially because I mean it's a little reversed, but he's the one who dies in the storm cellar in the movie spoilers for a movie that is like a century old Hmm. um the guy ends up dying because
0: of the reporter because
1: of the reporter um and here it's the reporter who dies which good because he's the one who's the villain but i i wouldn't be surprised if this movie was at least in the back of people's mind when they were writing this episode yes also it's a really good movie so speaking of the underground <laughs>
0: yes phoebe and piper are you know in the sewers and
1: and even in the sewers phoebe got a phoebe she's like so what's going on with josh you get to bang him or what
0: and piper's like can we can we focus on the can we focus on the kids <laughs> and uh, phoebe also has this line she's like talk about all roads leading to hell and i'm like i don't think that's an expression phoebe <laughs>
1: <laughs> all roads lead to rome is, is the expression actually i
0: think she was conflating that with the you know
1: the road to hell is paved with good intentions
0: which i i think it would be paved with like human bones and stuff but okay
1: i don't know it seems a little dramatic
0: <laughs> as mary worth once said the road to a good place is paved with good intentions the road to some place nice is paved with good intentions
1: All right, I just have to point out the thing in this scene that really bugged me when I was watching it for, like, the third time. What? So, Phoebe's got her blueprints, and Piper's holding up, like, a flashlight to study them. I feel like they should have established which way they needed to go before they got down into the dark.
0: Before they got down and started walking for a bit.
1: (laughs) Just throwing that out there. Because they're beyond
0: the entrance at this point.
1: Yeah. So, then we go to Brent's apartment where Andy has shown up to interrogate him because he's on the sister's heels as he always is
0: mm. and uh he asked if prue came to talk to him and he's like no but, I but he s- says uh, but he says okay no just retake the whole thing okay so he asks if prue hollowell came by to talk to him and and uh he's like it's weird that you used her last name but she didn't phoebe hollowell did
1: Oh ho ho! Okay, uh, and then uh, Brent. I know Phoebe's been kind of condescending to you, but you don't have to be a snitch. He's like, I know where she is, though. If you're if you're looking for her, I can tell you exactly where she is.
0: Also, you know, like demons, and you know she's like someone who knows about supernatural stuff and can handle it. Or are you just like, if a cop dies? Whatever. I'm Brent.
1: So down in the underground, um. Phoebe, so down in the underground, Piper comes to almost a very unwitch like death, which is she takes a wrong step and falls into a, like, dip in the pipes.
0: Yeah, there's like a, just kind of a hole with a grate at the bottom of it, and she falls down it, and then she's just unconscious at the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. And Phoebe's like, ooh, rough one, and she... I I get what she's doing. I I get she's covering it up so the Grimlocks don't find her, but it looks kind of like she's like, well, that's the end of that, and she just (laughs) covers up the hole. She
1: picks up a loose piece of plywood that's lying around and puts it over the hole so that nobody sees that Piper is down there. Handy. Yeah.
0: But also, Piper should probably go to the
1: hospital. She's unconscious. Uh, They do take her to the hospital at the end of the episode. Good. (laughs) Because, yeah, she's unconscious. She definitely has a concussion from, from getting knocked out from falling. That's not good.
0: So back at the manor prue is finishing the potion in a shirt you can just straight see through
1: well it's the 90s i it's
0: i'm amazed maybe it's because we're watching this in higher definition but like you can just straight up see shannon doherty's breasts here
1: i feel like this every time we watch friends too like
0: oh especially yeah when you watch friends it's like oh my god you can just literally see their breasts in all of these scenes why? What?
1: Well, that's just how it was in the 90s. That's where there's that joke in Clueless where her dad's like, That's a dress? Who in the world would call that a dress? And she's like, Calvin Klein? And the joke is because Calvin Klein just made underwear until he started making clothes that look like underwear.
0: Yeah, I guess. It's just... It's beyond me. I i watched this show as a kid, and maybe I... Uh, again, maybe it was because we didn't have a high-def TV, but I feel like I would have noticed how pornographic
1: this is see here's the thing i feel like even as a kid i noticed when i was watching friends i was like dang girl you need a sweater anyway
0: well it's something i started noticing in john Byrne comics at a certain point and that i couldn't unsee it where i'm like You can see Phoenix's nipples in a lot of uh, the Dark Phoenix saga.
1: So there's an episode of Sex in the City Mm -hmm. where Samantha gets these, like, rubber nipples that you wear on your boobs that are, like, really prominent Mm -hmm. so that you always have nipples showing through your shirt because it's supposed to be sexy. Um, And then the guy she ends up hooking up with is just, like, a total douche because that's what happens when you wear nipples. You attract (laughs) fushy guys. Not to, like
0: nipple shame anyone not
1: to nipple shame anyone but the point i was making is that this is a trend that was happening in the 90s that was enough of a trend that other contemporary 90s fiction was like commenting on it and going hey wait that's the thing people are doing now isn't it yes anyway prue makes the potion and she's all like wow i feel like such a witch weird i should be like cackling while i brew this potion you've been doing this for months prue And then she comes downstairs and finds that the reporter has disabled her car to keep her from running off.
0: Okay, so. I know this is graphically not the point of this, but since when have they had a second car?
1: No, they've always had a second car. Wait. No, you're right. You're right. They only had one car before. Wait, no, 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 I think they always had two cars. I think the, they've had two cars between three people consistently, and that's why sometimes there's no car available.
0: Okay, because I, I remember them using the Quake van and the black SUV, but I don't remember seeing this car before. I don't remember seeing this car before, but I... Although, maybe, is is this the car that Prue had when she, in the Dream Sorcerer episode when she
1: crashed? Was no, she, I was don't Was she make...
0: driving the black SUV then?
1: I... Honestly, I don't think she was driving this car or the black SUV.
0: I mean, I guess it would make sense if she got this car to replace the car she crashed.
1: That must be what it is. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, yeah. Okay, they've had two cars before. Yeah. Uh, I really I really like the black SUV as like a thing in the earlier seasons and I I'm, I'm kind of disappointed when later they just get product placement cars all the time.
1: Well, I mean, got to pay the bills.
0: Yeah. It's weird that they're got to pay the bills as having more expensive cars
1: yeah but i mean you know what i mean? yeah the other alternative was them eating subway all the time
0: oh god
1: like on uh like on chuck
0: was that the thing in chuck
1: yeah chuck was um heavily sponsored by subway it's one of the things that saved the show at the end was their subway sponsorship and so,
0: dude i'm just thinking about the scene where his uh his boss gets his neck snapped his boss who was buster bluth in a Mm -hmm. where that guy gets his neck snapped and he's just lying in the parking lot and just a subway rapper blows across the scene.
1: Look, there was really, like, the subway product placement got more and more prominent towards the end of, uh, of Chuck.
0: I gave up on Chuck, like, kind of right after he got the upgrade to the Intersect.
1: That's the best way to, that's the best place to stop. I mean... The best place to stop is the season finale that ends with him getting the upgrade and he, like...
0: Whoa, uh, I know Kung Fu.
1: Yes! Stop, done. I mean, stop watching Chuck. It, it
0: I, that was really clearly the planned end point because you can't do
1: well, they didn't they didn't think they were coming back.
0: Yeah. And then they have to be like, oh, he has all of the ac- he has all of these skills, but he can only access them in certain circumstances. Also, like the, the it's cool that he's dating Sarah now. and like, in fact, we're gonna have a goofy thing where he teams up with Fred Willard and that older actress who was uh, Chuck's mom in Pushing Daisies, because you know, up oh, they need uh, they need to learn how to be a spy couple with this other spy couple, and it, it's wacky and it's like too broad. It's like the episode of Bones where Bones and uh, but Booth. Booth.
1: I think you're going to criticize one of my favorite episodes.
0: The one where they go to couples counseling, you know, they go undercover. Where they go to
1: the couples counseling ranch? I love that episode. It's
0: so bad. It it pivots so hard into incredibly broad comedy that it takes you out of it. And the murderers at the end of the episode, the, the, at the end of the episode, the murderers like, well, I may have killed all those people, but you know, you two are a really good couple and I think you're going to make it. And then everyone laughs, and it freeze frames, and you're like, "This is not the genre of show this is."
1: I like that episode.
0: I'm gonna make that.
1: So Prue's like, "Oh no, you disabled my car. Fine, I'm a witch. Fix my car so I can save my sister and these two kids."
0: And he's like, "Well, I won't fix your car, but I'll drive you to where they are."
1: No, no, he's got he's got the belts that he took off his off her car in his pocket, and he presumably between this scene and the next scene fixes it and they take off in the car and he makes her bring him along because they're why, in why wouldn't they just her go, car
0: you're right they are why wouldn't they just go in his how, car
1: how quickly could he possibly fix it Ugh. yeah it really bugged me
0: but yes she is bringing him to fight demons and she she warns him they like they they make it to the place where the demons are and she's like okay you should stay in the car because there are demons in there demons who will kill you Demons who like to kill people and are good at killing people and will kill you to death. If you come, do not come. And he's like, whatever. Like, I'm going to listen to a woman.
1: I mean, I I appreciate that they took any responsibility off of Prue. Like, not her fault when he inevitably dies. Yeah. And the girls, you know, the girls run in and he follows them in. And then we see the Grimlock has discovered Piper underneath the plywood.
0: Yeah, and he starts choking her.
1: Sucking out her aura to choke. Choking her by sucking out her aura.
0: Yes. And we get another opening shot. Uh, another shot that's in the credits.
1: Yeah, there are there are actually like a couple of shots that end up in the opening credits in this episode.
0: Yeah, where Prue telekinetically flings a piece of plywood at him really hard. And it knocks him back and he skitters.
1: Okay, so I have to say, it hits him hard. And Phoebe's like, damn girl. And... I was too. I was like, that is impressive.
0: I honestly kind of, because, I mean, it's plywood. Plywood's pretty heavy, but, like, the way she threw it like that, this definitely feels like kind of a power upgrade for Prue episode.
1: Yeah, and credit to the effects in this episode, because it, even though we were trashing the green screen earlier, because it whips at him fast enough that I feel like it definitely did damage.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a really, it, it looks impressive i kind of wish she had impaled him with it
1: well but then he might have died and we want to see him dissolving with the potion
0: Ugh, do we so uh, so basically no one is listening to women in this episode because andy shows up
1: right well you know brent told him where he was so everyone's like converging on this power plant access to the storm drain
0: we cut to Eric Lohman. I feel like this is a Blair Witch Project thing. He's fixing his hair in the camera as he's recording himself talking about revealing the real truth about witches and demons.
1: He also says, this is Eric Lohman reporting live. And I'm like, no, you're not. You're recording this. You're not reporting live. Also, you're a, you're New a York news reporter. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? What is this weird fantasy you're enacting? And also, I thought it looked like the Blair Witch too. It definitely made me feel like it was Blair Witch. So much so that I looked it up. Blair Witch didn't come out for two more months until after this episode aired. Oh, okay. Well, there was a lot of marketing for it leading up, though.
0: Yeah, that is true. But I, I, I
1: the, it could have been inspired. Maybe I it this this aired in this aired in May and Blair Witch came out July of this year. I mm. feel like and I remember Blair Witch was so huge that summer, but I think that that it's probably this is I I'm gonna say that one's probably a coincidence.
0: Okay, so the thing about The Blair Witch Project is that it is really, really good as a marketing campaign and as an altered reality
1: It game. continues to be the most impressive marketing I have ever seen in my life. Yeah.
0: Like, literally everything about The Blair Witch Project is impressive except for the actual movie.
1: Well, so after I did that, of course, I had to go down the rabbit hole and be like, what those three kids ever do after that? Not a lot. I mean, imagine being in a movie that was as big as The Blair Witch Project and that not turning into a film career, a, a, a prominent film career for any of the three leads. I just, that's that's astounding to me. Yeah. I was thinking...
0: Well, I mean... Yeah, it's it's weird, yeah.
1: So, I mean, also, in addition to the marketing, you know how Blair Witch was filmed. Yeah. Where, where they did not have any... Blair Witch is old enough. Blair Witch came out my senior year of high school. Do you think some of our listeners might not be aware of the Blair Witch Project?
0: It's entirely possible. The
1: reboot oh, came out, just...
0: like, recentishly, but no, it's, it's, oh my god, it's been, like, over 20 years since the Blair Witch Project came out.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, the Blair Witch Project, in case you're not aware, was one of one of the original found footage movies there were found footage movies before that but it was
0: notably the texas chainsaw massacre which is a much much better movie only the original none of the other ones are good
1: but the blair witch project was a it really kicked off like kind of the new yeah era of found footage movies
0: and it has a strong enough concept i mean honestly it would have worked better as an altered reality thing. Right. Wh- which was all of the marketing around it. was, you know, it it's a documentary about these three kids who are investigating a local legend about a witch who lives in the woods and makes people disappear. It's just, like, two hours of them wandering around the woods looking for her. The kids, there's three of them, and they disappear one by one. They find, like, some evidence that she might be around. But for the most part, nothing happens.
1: But here's the deal. The story... Is that this is the footage that we found after those kids disappeared and we've edited it into this movie and the marketing around it was about these three kids are missing and they created all of these different websites about urban legends about the Blair Witch, this thing that they had just made up. And, like, interviews with different people talking about the history of the Blair Witch and then talking about these kids who had disappeared. They created a whole alternate reality marketing campaign. In fact, when I saw the film, I saw it with the directors and writers, like, doing a QA and a session at a film festival, and there were people in the audience who were still confused as to whether or not it was real who still thought that it was real film that they had found and pieced together.
0: Yeah, like, everything around the movie is legitimately amazing. It's just a really, really boring movie.
1: Well, okay, so the way it was shot, they... There was no script. They just threw these three kids into the woods, and then they told them, like, go into town and interview people, and then they had people seated in the town who had stories to tell them. And then they, like set up things, creepy things in the woods for them to find. And then one night they ran and they banged on their tents and then like to I mean, scare them and had them film it. And as I was thinking about it, I mean, it was essentially a LARP. They created and filmed a LARP.
0: Well, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking if if they just hadn't made it a movie, if they had just made it an experience you could have.
1: Well so I was gonna say, if they inspired anything, I think what they inspired was the genre of people recording and producing for consumption their role-playing games. If the Blair Witch inspired anything, I don't think it was Paranormal Activity, which you could argue it inspired. Hmm. I think it inspired the Adventure Zone.
0: I hope that lightning bolt kid is doing okay. I mean, I feel like... Every,
1: Every time I think about that meme, I'm like, That's how you play! Give him a break!
0: Yeah, I mean... Honestly, it's not that much dumber than watching any professional sport.
1: Agreed. 100% agreed.
0: Like it's all just imaginary BS built on rules. Like like up, oh, why don't why doesn't any soccer player uh, pick up the ball with their hands? They're all just kicking it like idiots.
1: <laughs> uh, okay, let's go back to this.
0: Yes, we should. We're in the home stretch. We should finish this up. So loman i keep wanting to call him willie loman
1: right because the death of the salesman this yeah. is death of the reporter so and and this is death of the reporter
0: yes he's talking about god this feels so much like blur witch
1: it really does he's he's talking about you know getting this footage and he's even like we see his shaky cam footage you know, zooming around the sewers as
0: he's wandering through the sewers and he takes a sharp turn and bam grimlock in the face
1: yeah and that's the last we see of him. I mean, we'll see his dead body, but that's the last. That's the end of Loman.
0: So, Prue telekinetically raises Piper out of the pit.
1: I feel like this is the most intense telekinesis we've seen her do.
0: Okay, so the thing is, they talk about this like, wow, this is a big power upgrade for her. And it is. This is, uh, This is legitimately more impressive stuff than we've generally seen from her. Except for that one time she lifted an elevator.
1: Yeah, okay, that was that was more impressive, that's true.
0: But I feel like they weren't thinking about her physically lifting the elevator. I feel like they were just like, no, look, she's making it skip buttons.
1: But yeah, she was physically lifting the elevator. Yeah. Yeah. So, she pulls her sister out. Piper is messed up though. Piper cannot go on. And they're she's trying She's been through a lot. She has been. They're trying to get her out of here and then we see Andy Andy comes across dead body of Loman, not looking good for Prue.
0: Yeah, and oh, uh, it's a Grimlock. It's a Grimlock, and Andy warns him before shooting him. So that's nice, I guess.
1: And Andy does shoot at it, but you know, just like just like in our previous podcast, we learned that swords don't work on magical creatures. Yes, guns do not work on magical creatures.
0: Honestly, I feel like that's a pretty good thing for Charm to establish at this point.
1: Yes. Um, I love this moment. Prue gets kind of a superhero mo- moment.
0: Oh, yeah. Prue is badass in ways... I mean, even as the heavy of the Charmed Ones, I feel like she doesn't normally get to be this badass.
1: This really is her, like, best episode, I think, so far.
0: Yeah, because she, like... Th- the Grimlock's choking Andy, and she bursts into, c- into scene, and the way the scene is framed, even...
1: It's a real hero shot.
0: Yeah, it doesn't like I mean, we were just talking about, you know, how the previous scene was framing her breast, but this is this is like real action hero posing off her, and she just tosses him across the room.
1: And of course Andy looks at her and is like, Oh wow, you are a witch.
0: Hard eyes.
1: Aw. <laughs> yeah. But
0: she's like Look, Andy, we're trying to find the kids. Okay. Are you going to help us or what?
1: They, okay. Okay. I. Phoebe says, Andy, what are you doing here? And I'm like, Phoebe, his job. <laughs> it's his job to find the missing kids. But anyway, they, they're like, hey, um, I know that you're a cop, but this is way out of your pay grade. Um, why don't you take Piper up top and keep her safe and we'll go kill the demons?
0: I do really like how he's like, no, I want to stay here and help. And he's and Prue's like, no, Piper Piper is hurt. she need, She's too weak to use her powers. And she's and like, she has powers too. And Prue's like, Jesus fucking Christ, Andy. I swear to God.
1: They they do tell him too that it's demons. They're like, yeah, we're going to kill the demons because that's our job. Yes. And, then, and you just take care of Piper. And uh, Prue does stop at the dead body of Eric Loman and take the tape away from him.
0: You know, she probably should have just smashed his camera when they had him frozen earlier.
1: Eh at that point they were still trying to keep him from knowing
0: so i do love how they they send andy off with piper you know to keep an eye and i do like how this kind of contrasts with the Loman thing where andy's yes. like look okay i'm gonna take her up and i'll stay with her but we need to have a talk when this is all over so she and uh phoebe turn a corner in a grimlock like blah and she just throws the potion in his face. Okay,
1: it's weird though because when the grimlock jumps out at them, it's like a jump scare moment and then they do like the shot of them feels like a scream queen moment. They're like ah! And then they throw the potion and then he dissolves.
0: <laughs> no, it's great cuz they have like the one like ah! And then <sniffs>
1: Yeah, the grimlock melts.
0: I mean, maybe have a follow-up once you jump out at them.
1: <laughs> it's true. The Grimlock had no plan. Yeah, so the girls find the the two boys who have been kidnapped, and
0: they're like David and the other one. Billy. We're all, we're all oh right, because this is the show's weird thing with the name Billy.
1: Yeah, everyone's named Billy.
0: This is our second Billy, right? Our our first Billy was the Wendigo guy. Right? Yes, like the guy who the whose fiance was killed by the Wendigo.
1: I mean, to be fair, William is a pretty common name.
0: Yes, it is true. It's all of the men in Buffy who aren't Xander are,
1: yeah, also also Willow.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, Willow, Ooh. Spike, William the Bloody, and Angel Liam,
1: which is Irish for William.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So anyway, uh, and in this show we still have. I'm pretty sure the pyrokinetic kid is also a Billy later, and of course Billy from the last season.
1: I mean. I'm not thrown by there being multiple billies. It's, it's a pretty common name.
0: Yeah. So.
1: So the second Grimlock jumps out and.
0: Unlike his brother starts immediately using his powers on Prue. The smart thing to do.
1: Which causes her to drop the potion. Uh oh. Yep. The glass shatters and now the potion is all over the floor. And then the Grimlock turns on Phoebe because I guess her aura is brighter than Prue's. Hmm. I mean, I assume that's why he turned on her?
0: Well, I think it's just because she was the one attacking him at the moment. She smashes him in the back of the head with a flashlight.
1: <laughs> that's true. That's true. And when he starts sucking out her aura, Prue pulls herself together and telekinetically lifts the potion and throws it at him.
0: To be fair, there is precedent for this. Uh, I mean, ish. In the pilot, we see her using her power to uh, move cream into her coffee.
1: We do see that.
0: Although that was more like teleportation, but it was also really early, and I'm assuming they could buy that chi- uh, that yeah uh, trick. What would you call that, that special effect for pretty cheap?
1: I, I think that um her being able to throw the potion is supposed to be another part of the power-up, though.
0: I think it's showing that her telekinesis isn't, isn't just stronger, it's also getting more refined.
1: Yes, she's better.
0: So they look at David and Billy, and Billy's eyesight comes back. I Dave, and- David's and and david's eyesight comes back i guess we should probably assume billy's eyesight also came back
1: yeah i mean i assume it did
0: although who knows maybe his eyesight went to uh brent yeah
1: okay so it hasn't been revealed yet but i want to talk about this because it bugs me
0: why don't we hold off on it and
1: okay it comes up so oh and and david is like hey i knew you'd save me and i like that
0: yeah it's nice i knew you'd save me with your magic powers and prue like cocks the shotgun she's like
1: yeah so many people found out that you're a witch this episode prue
0: speaking of andy is having a concern at his desk
1: yeah he's in the police station and daryl shows up and daryl's like dude what happened with the witches and andy's like there were no witches there were no kidnappers the kids just wandered into the sewer And he's like, well, then how come a reporter got killed? He's like, he just slipped because he's clumsy. So, so clumsy.
0: I I love how Andy's like, the kids followed a kitten into the sewer. And Daryl's like, and did this kitten break the reporter's neck? And he's like...
1: Also, the kids weren't together. The two of them individually followed a kitten down hours apart from each other.
0: I love how Daryl... Well, now that Andy knows Daryl has to be Mr. Suspicious, which is something they drop with him almost immediately. Because he's like, something's going on. You're not telling me about Andy. And Andy's like, I don't know what to tell you. And Daryl's like, I'm going to figure it out. And Andy's like, are you? And he's like, no, I don't care.
1: <laughs> I do appreciate that Daryl is like, that's what we're going with. And Andy tells him, for now. Like, I, obviously I'm lying to you, but just roll with it.
0: Yes. So in a different part of the station... The girls are, you know, concluding their subplots, kind of.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, they they presumably went into the station when they came up with the kids because Andy was there. And the parents showed up, so they all, like, stayed to talk with the parents and, I guess, give their statements.
0: And Phoebe asked Piper how she's doing, which, she should be going to a hospital.
1: Yeah, right. Okay, but, wait, she shouldn't be going to a hospital because she's fine. I, I love this. I actually really love this. Because while she was laying there in the storm drain, like, concussed, she found that for some reason she was just thinking of Leo. And she's taking this as a sign that, like, she shouldn't be with someone else while her mind is still caught up on Leo. But no, Leo was there. We didn't see it, but Leo was there. Oh,
0: wow. Yeah. yeah. Oh.
1: Yeah, he's her white lighter. He was He was healing her. Yeah fair wow yeah. and, and i like that we didn't see it like we don't have to see it we know that he's her white lighter that's his job so so she doesn't have to go to the hospital she's fine
0: also fun bonus this means that she's gonna break up with josh yeah so bonus for leo
1: really i mean that is kind of a problem with white lighters and witches right like witches aren't supposed to date their white lighters and this kind of emphasizes why she's like In my most vulnerable, I found my mind drifting to Leo. And it's like, that's not because of your heart. That's because of the power he has over you.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, power dynamics with them actually shifts the other way because she's a charmed one. So I'm not going to worry about it too much with them.
0: She did literally freeze him for her own sexual pleasure.
1: Oof. It's
0: not great.
1: Yeah. So with them, I'm not really worried about like power dynamics, but it does make it makes sense to me that there's a rule about white lighters and witches. Plus,
0: the show makes kind of a running gag out of the fact that she blows him up when she's mad at him later.
1: Yeah, it's not okay.
0: Yeah. So, anyway, she's like, yeah, I'm going to dump Josh. I'm gonna." And uh, Phoebe's like, but sweetie, Leo's gone. And if you dump Josh, you're not going to have any men. No one will love you.
1: Okay, but I like that... Remember, Phoebe's the only one who knows the deal with Leo, so she can't tell Piper, but she's like, yeah, he's not going to come back.
0: Although, I I do like how Piper's like, you know, maybe it's okay for me to be alone for a little bit.
1: Good. Good for her.
0: Which was also the attitude she had in the episode where Phoebe was pushing her to start hooking up with Josh, but... Whatever. So...
1: Brent shows up to the station, too. I mean, I guess presumably they called him in to talk because they... Even though the story they're going with is that the kids followed a cat into the sewer, it's relevant that this other kid disappeared into the sewer 20 years ago. Yeah, this is a terrible cover-up, my friend. This is a terrible cover-up.
0: And he's wearing his sunglasses, but it's just a mislead because he's still... Because he got his sight back when she killed the Grimlocks, even though... Okay, his sight should be gone. They they take the sight from the kids for 24 hours. So
1: we didn't actually cover what was going on with the Grimlocks, so we should, we need to state that i I think we
0: mentioned it they they find children every 20 years or so they uh take their eyesight and they use it to see people's auras they steal the auras and question mark question mark profit
1: but yeah it wears off after 24 hours so after that it's just gone they've used it up yeah so they've used all of brent's eyesight like killing them (laughs) it makes sense that it goes back to the boys because Because they,
0: they yeah they still had the eyesight at that point and look, I mean, I'm just saying, we didn't see Billy get his eyesight back.
1: No, I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did.
0: But yes, now Brent can see.
1: Okay, I... Brent should not have gotten his eyesight back by the logic of the monsters. Yes. But also, I don't like that they spent so long on this episode with Phoebe being condescending to him. And him having to be like, no, like completely can function. And also, I've made a great life for myself. I... I'm better off than you. You live with your sisters. Yeah. Um,
0: but now he's...
1: But now it's like, hey, it's okay. Happy I could, ending. Yeah, I
0: couldn't have a happy ending unless I got my eyesight back. It wasn't enough to know that the monsters that, you know, horrifically traumatized me as a child are dead. I needed this extra thing, which... I don't like it. It's not a great trope. I, I've I've read some stuff from disability activists who talk about how much they actively dislike this trope
1: yeah, and yeah. It, it's
0: a really common one too
1: it, it is it, and it bugs me I do not like it Um, it's it implies that there was something wrong with it, it implies that there was something wrong with him that needed to be fixed and that's not the case I also uh, this is supposed to be part of the happy ending but it's kind of creepy too like he's gonna go talk to the boys about not outing the girls as witches and it's kind of I feel like you're going to go intimidate two traumatized children.
0: Yeah, it's it's it, not great. And he and Phoebe imply that maybe they might hook up later, but spoiler alert, nope.
1: Never to be seen or heard from again.
0: Which, God, this scene really calls into sharp relief how much more attractive Raphael Sabarge got later in life. Like, he looks so creepy here. And I'm like...
1: What happened
0: like I mean it's all, I mean it's
1: partially the dirtbag goatee
0: yeah but it's not like Archie you know was, was a dreamboat was a dream boat or anything but just comparing him I'm like no he was a pretty good looking dude I mean it
1: <laughs> it's fine it's
0: fine but Andy's like hey pru can we talk about the whole witch thing and she's like no because reporters you can talk later
1: where do we go from here?
0: Hey Sabrina, can we talk about you being a witch? No, it's going to jump cut to the next summer and we're going to have this incredibly important revelation. You know, we're going to have all of the important fallout from this happen off screen.
1: Um, speaking of how Chuck should have ended at I Know Kung Fu, Sabrina the Teenage Witch should have ended as was planned at Harvey saying, can we talk about the fact that you're a witch?
0: That was like the perfect ending for that show. And instead we got three seasons, three, four. We got so many seasons of crap. The la-
1: it's weird. It's after she stopped being a teenager and basically stopped using her magical powers. Yeah, it was just Sabrina.
0: It's Sabrina, the girl who has roommates. We
1: Sabrina, the girl who lives with Punky Brewster.
0: <laughs> like, that last season is so hard to get through. Like we we when we were watching it, yeah, we we were like, we need to finish it because we got this far, but it's such a bad show by the end
1: sunk cost fallacy the seasons
0: yeah and like i mean it's a relief when like they get you invested in her thing with harvey because harvey is literally the only bright spot in the last season oh he's the only likable character by the end
1: and ev- but everything they did to harvey in the last few seasons Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. is this just a thing with which shows where the, the ends just can't be good so let's talk about our segments.
0: All right. So uh, our first segment, Premonition, where we look into the future and see who will become famous later.
1: I mean, obviously, our Premonition this episode is Raphael Sabarsh.
0: Yes, Raphael Sabarge, who you will recognize from stuff. He's been in so many things. I honestly thought he showed up in this show as a demon, but I guess not.
1: Well, I mean, if you are listening to this podcast, I hope that you have also listened to "Welcome to Storybrook,"
0: our Once Upon a Time podcast, as we mentioned, really, really, shortly ago. Uh, he was Doctor Hopper, A.K.A. Jimney Cricket, on that show, but he's been in a ton of stuff. You, he's one of those guys.
1: <sighs> yeah, he's he does. He, I see. He, yeah, he pops up on procedurals like this a lot. I I didn't look at, I didn't look up his filmography because to me he's just known for uh Being Once Dr. Upon Hopper. a Time. Yeah.
0: But he's been in 170 things. Yeah, he has
1: 170 credits on IMGB.
0: He was in the new MacGyver, he was in Blue Bloods, he was in he's, any procedural. He's
1: got a bunch of credits that are one episode in various procedurals. Bates Motel law and order special victims unit
0: elementary at like three or four different ncis's how are there i mean i know it's like the most popular show ever but i'm like it, how many crimes happen in the navy i mean that, that that's the thing with it right it's all yeah. naval crime so you got 10 seasons of a main show and then like five spin-offs of it
1: yes seriously though Raphael sabage it's just like if, if there's been a procedural, he's been in one episode of it. Hey, shark. Bones, as previously mentioned. Grey's Anatomy. 24. CSI Miami.
0: Avatar The Last Airbender.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. You know Raphael Sabarsh yeah. Also, but, I mean, he is and will forever be... A...
0: Dr. Hopper.
1: Yeah, Jiminy Cricket. Also, he's in a horror movie that's in post-production called There's No Such Thing as Vampires.
0: <laughs> okay, I kind of want to see that
1: he's one of the leads
0: oh that's probably not a good sign (laughs) no he's 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 a good actor but i don't feel like it's a good sign if you're getting like a c d list guy from T
1: yeah no no that's fair it's
0: not mean to call him a d list guy is it i
1: don't think so
0: it's not a good sign if that's like the highest caliber actor you got maybe it'll be great
1: maybe it'll be his breakthrough
0: i mean if there's anything we've learned from bojack horseman
1: it's that. What? You
0: remember? What's her face? Her whole plotline.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Gina's plotline.
0: No. Margot Martindale.
1: Character actors, Margot Martindale.
0: Yeah, it's that character actors are amazing and you should never ever cross them.
1: Okay, but let's not. Let's not.
0: Call him a character actor.
1: No, let's not put him on the same level as Margot Martindale.
0: Point. All right, let's get to our second segment, Time Freeze. I feel like we've got a lot of stuff. For example, having maps in your house.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, it was him saying... For me, it was the reporter saying, I wish I had my camera.
0: Seeing literally all of an actress's breasts just on on primetime television.
1: <laughs> also, um phoebe talking about how the cell phone had no range
0: yeah i feel like that's not something you can ever get away with nowadays unless I mean, you're still, like literally underground
1: i mean it still happens you still get places where you get bad service but probably not in the middle of san francisco
0: yeah although i don't know i've, I've hit weird dead spots in portland but, i guess it's possible but using it as an excuse
1: yeah it's not an excuse
0: all right and telekinesis what genuinely moved you
1: uh, so for me, it was actually surprisingly not a sister moment, because it's usually a sister moment.
0: Was it Prue's bit with Andy in the sewers?
1: Not in the sewers. Um, before they got to the sewers, when she says, I never know if I should tell you or not, that was the part that really hit me. Like, she's acknowledging that they have this deep connection, and this secret is a wall between them, and she doesn't want it to be there between them, but she has to maintain it for his own good but at the same time she thinks it might be injuring him like i never know if i should tell you or not for me that was the the moment that moved me
0: for me it was prue and andy in the sewers uh the bit where she saves him from the grimlock and then she's like you need to trust me like i know you want to help but you need to prioritize getting piper to safety and he's like okay i don't know why but that just really
1: well, it's interesting because for me, the moment was the sad acknowledgement of her inability to let him in. And for you, it's the moment where she finally does yeah. let him in. All yeah. right.
0: So that should about do it. This was, honestly, I think I like this episode more going over it than I did when we just watched it. Same sure
1: here. The more we talked about it, the more I liked this episode. As ridiculous as some parts of it were. Yeah. Next week's episode is The Power of Two. Hmm. prue and phoebe discover a long dead convict has been brought to life as a ghost and is murdering anyone who had anything to do with his conviction this is
0: this feels like a really standard plot for supernatural based shows
1: seems like a real monster of the week plot yes hmm. yeah
0: well we need a breather because apparently Leo's coming back in a couple of weeks yeah
1: yeah the- also
0: they hyphenated white lighter in the description that's weird that is weird so,
1: yeah, I guess that'll about do it. All right, I guess that'll do it. Our show is partially listener-supported. If you want to be one of those supporters, you should head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net, and click on our Patreon link. We'd like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Sam, Cassidy, Alex, Alicia, Ryan, Maracruz, Rosa, Javier, and Benjamin.
0: If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show.
1: If you want to talk about this episode, or any episode, or... Any episode of any television show, you should join our Facebook group, Welcome to Television.
0: We can also be contacted at I Love TV Zines on Twitter or at I Love Television at gmail.com.
1: So until next time, I'm Tina. And I'm Max. And this has been Welcome to Hallowell Manor.